In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. It's a reasonable question to ask what the gospel for Palm Sunday is doing as the gospel for the first Sunday in Advent. The obvious answer is that it's a gospel that talks about the coming of Jesus into Jerusalem, and Advent is about the coming of Jesus. The word Advent means coming. But there is, I think, another lesson we can take from this gospel on the first Sunday in Advent. In it, Jesus teaches us to fight the right battle. The Holy Week narrative explains to us how the expectation of Palm Sunday became disappointment on Good Friday. The king who was supposed to conquer the occupying enemy was killed instead. The expectation of victory over the forces that oppressed Israel became the defeat, or at least the apparent defeat of another would-be Messiah. But of course, Easter brought another twist in the story. It brought uh, a victory of another uh, unexpected sort. Jesus did indeed come to Jerusalem to fight a battle. It was just a different battle than everyone expected. It wasn't the overthrow of corrupt uh, politicians or the corrupt temple leadership. He came to fight and conquer three distinct enemies, Satan, sin, and death. To conquer these enemies, he had to be faithful to the Torah until death, and he had to offer the sacrifice the once-for-all sacrifice that fulfilled the requirements of the Torah or God's law. Now, if we've been in church for any length of time, we know this. We've heard the story before of Palm Sunday expectation turning into a different kind of victory. But we do not always apply this lesson to our own lives. We also are called to engage the battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil. In baptism, the sign of the cross was made on our foreheads. Quote, In token that hereafter we shall not be ashamed to confess the faith of Christ crucified and manfully to fight under his banner against sin, the world, and the devil and to continue Christ's faithful soldiers and servants into our life's end. Jesus conquered sin and death by his victory on the cross, and he shares the fruit of that victory with us in baptism through faith. Our battle is to hold on to that victory. As Ephesians says, quote, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Our enemy has already been defeated. His goal is to do as much damage as he can, to destroy as many people as he can in the short time he has left. Our battle is to stand firmly against him. We win our battle by being faithful to Christ until death, by resisting temptation 
and obeying the commandments of God and by confessing our sins, being reconciled to God when we fall. By loving God and our neighbor and by using our gifts to advance the kingdom. By perseverance, not giving up when the battle becomes hard or we become weary. We are also tempted to make some visible battle our main battle. Just as some in the first century believed that if only the forces of Rome could be overthrown, Israel's problems would be solved. So we are tempted to believe that if we could achieve some visible end or goal in our lives, all would be well. So we make some visible accomplishment in politics or sports or business or some area of life, the main focus, and the demands of the kingdom become secondary to that visible goal. There is a larger problem in our time that is less evident but highly significant here. Our age has lost sight of the fact that the Christian life is essentially a battle, a struggle, a a fight against the forces of evil. The military image is no longer preeminent in the church. Not very many people talk about the church militant in any significant way anymore. The themes of personal fulfillment, the things that I want to feel, have taken precedence, have supplanted the themes of battle and conquest. The problem is that we are, by our very nature, drawn to epic struggle and battle. We will fight for or against something. And if our desire to conquer significant enemies is not directed towards the spiritual battle, it will be directed towards other, lesser, and more visible battles. We will not stop fighting because we avoid the spiritual battle. We will only fight too strongly for all the wrong things. The great energy that is expended to fight for various causes in the world is frequently disproportionate to their relative importance in light of eternity. The effort that ought to be expanded to withstand the temptations of world, flesh, and devil ends up being wasted on some temporal goal. The saints of the church are attractive and compelling because they were heroes in the spiritual battle. It may be that we have so few saints in our time because not enough people in the church are fighting at all. We can begin our Advent preparations for the coming of Christ by asking, What battle are we fighting? What is the main focus of our lives? Are we striving to live life faithfully in Christ 
so that we may be vindicated and stand with God's elect in the resurrection on the last day? Or is some other temporal victory more important to us? Of course, we have our visible battles that we must necessarily fight. We are workers and parents. We are friends and spouses. In every area of life, there are things we want that we strive to attain now. This is not necessarily bad. The questions are, how do we go about achieving those goals? And if it is God's will for us to sacrifice some temporary goal for faithfulness to the kingdom, are we willing to do it? When some visible goal in this life becomes more important than faithfulness, we end up making compromises to attain it. Duty to God gives way to some urgency of the moment or the desire to have what I want now. Rather than trying to love God with all our heart and soul and mind, we start attempting to justify and rationalize our disobedience. Rather than trying to love our neighbor as ourself, we begin to use our neighbors for our own purposes. The funny thing is that it never really works. When we compromise to get the thing, we aren't contented with the thing because we weren't made to be contented with temporal things. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. In every situation we find ourselves in in life, we are called to ask questions like, what does the kingdom of God look like here? What course of action gives glory to God and seeks the good of all the people involved? How am I supposed to work for the kingdom of God in this particular situation? The answers to these questions are not always easy to find and are often very difficult to put into practice. This is precisely the point. The Christian life is a battle, a striving to do the will of God. This is why we cannot live it without a firm and persevering commitment to the life of prayer in which we wrestle constantly with the implications of the kingdom for our lives. This is the thing that is supposed to preoccupy us. This is the battle we are supposed to be fighting. The devil said he would give Jesus all the kingdoms of this world in exchange for worship. Jesus chose instead to pursue the long-term rewards that come through faithfulness. And he was rewarded. The result of the battle Jesus fought was the resurrection and the ascension. Jesus is now 
Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And everything in the creation belongs to him. <clears throat> Fighting the right battle is the way to get the things we really want. To fight the right battle, to seek first the kingdom in all things, is to choose our highest and best good and refuse the short-term temptations and compromises that would take that away from us. We won't be able to fight the right battle until we really believe that what God wants for us is best for us, until we really learn to trust God. Advent tells us that Christ is coming to judge the world. Advent reminds us that the rewards for faith and faithfulness and the consequences of sin and unfaithfulness are both real. Advent reminds us to fight the right battle. As Romans says, now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.